One last Sunday blitz, one last Ohio State game to break down. Happy New Year from Zach Bourne and me, Austin Ward. I don't know how happy this show is actually going to be. We've had two days to think about the Cotton Bowl and Ohio State's 14-3 to loss to Missouri, Zach. So I don't know if that's enough time to calm down or if that might just make it worse to think about the, what, what I had to watch on Friday night. And I'm sure what uh, even in your sunny Florida destination yeah. down there, if that was enough to brighten your mood. It was tough. I've drank a lot more uh, cocktails than I, than I have going into New Year's Eve than I thought I would. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it was tough. It, I, I think, um, and I don't even know if "tough's" the right word to to describe it. I don't think anyone can find the right word to describe it. I mean, you could even go as far as unexcusable of the performance that was put out there, and. Um, yeah, I mean, knowing that you have a month to prepare for a game, um, knowing that there's a lot of guys from the team that played, you know, that were starters this year that were playing in that game. Really, you're only down two stars from, uh, or I guess three with Kyle McCord from the Michigan game. It's just, you know, you would, as a Buckeye fan, as a Buckeye alum, as a Buckeye player, Buckeye coach, you would just have expected a much different uh outcome on friday night you would have uh imagined a much different performance from some of those players um it's just a real head scratcher from that standpoint yeah and i think i'm not trying to have this both ways because i said throughout december like the outcome in that game is not really going to materially change anything it doesn't help you beat michigan it doesn't put you back in the college football playoff and so i i can certainly understand that losses happen when you play the game and i don't think like it wasn't an all or nothing. Ohio State has to win the Cotton Bowl uh, or else situation for me. I'm not trying to uh, you know, use hindsight or re- revise my feelings about it. I, it. Once you got to the game, it was the way it looked that yeah. made it feel so uh, disappointing and confusing and bewildering heading into 2024. Not They could have lost the game and, and had positives. But outside of the defense, I don't know how you could look at that and feel like, well, that's a reassuring performance after all the things that you mentioned in the month of December, Zach. Yeah, you know, we talked about this uh, on the show leading up to the game. of, And I said, this is a lose-lose for Ryan Day, no matter what. They're either going to go out there and lose the game and everyone's going to point the finger at him, or Devin Brown's going to go off. The, the team's going to look completely different. And Ryan Day's, the fingers can get pointed at him again why things weren't changed uh, previously. I hate to say it, this is like a massive loss for Ryan Day because not only did um, you know Devin Brown not perform well, not only did you lose the game, but in the way that you lost the game, is even more kind of uh, eye-opening and shocking. And that's the point that I think you're making is, you know, Ryan Day was in a tough situation regardless going into this football game. But now knowing that, you know, some assistant coaches didn't have their units ready to play going into, uh, uh, you know, a New Year Six bowl game, it's kind of like, hey, what what are we doing? You know, now all the, now all the blame's getting pointed even more at Ryan Day saying, hey, listen – you control these these coaches. You control these players, which you and I, with a lot of knowledge inside the program and know what's going on, no, that's not truly that's that's the case. I would argue that you know the assistant coaches of, with their position groups have so much more say and so much more uh, uh, input in the way that their players perform during a game more than Ryan Day. I would say that 100%. 
but it's still that you know it's kind of like the buck stops here type of thing, right? And so many people are saying Ryan, you know, wanting answers from him. It's just it's a tough, tough position that he's currently in. Yeah, I, I think that that's uh, leaving AT and T Stadium on Friday night. It was much easier for me to look at that, and I didn't think that. Certainly, when you look at the defense, okay, there was no question about the effort, and that was uh, across the board. All three levels had encouraging moments, and you you hold an SEC team, a top twenty offense, to fourteen points. That should be good enough for Ohio State to win the game. So let, let's set that stuff aside. But when we're talking about so player effort, I thought it was was fine. Now we can quibble a little bit with maybe some of the offensive line moves, plays, blocks, decisions, all of that stuff, but. When you're talking about preparing the team to play, that falls more on the coaching staff. Ryan Day's at the top, and then you delegate responsibility to manage the units, manage the snaps, manage, you know, schematic, all that stuff. Ryan Day cannot do all of that. And no, I know, but this is what I'd argue, though, is I look on social media and everyone's pointing to Urban Meyer. I played for Urban. I love Urban, right? Everyone says, oh, Urban had a different mentality. That, that I'm going to call BS on that. It is those assistant coaches that were under Urban had all of their units ready to play. Like that right. was the difference is that there was a difference in attitude from the assistant coaches rather than the head coaches. I would almost compare that Ryan Day is just as intense as, as Urban Meyer behind closed doors. Urban just carried it over into the public eye so people saw that, right? Ryan Day is just as intense and it, it, it has the same standard that Urban does. There are multiple assistant coaches that are not upholding the level uh, uh, a standard that Ryan Day has for himself and has for the program. And that's where, that's where the, you know, kind of the miscommunication is. That's where the uh, things aren't aligning within this program. And that's where people need to step up. I think there's some assistant coaches that quite honestly need to be shown the door. I think there's some assistant coaches that quite honestly, if they are left on staff, need a little bit of a, a, a standard or ego check from the standpoint of, hey, I'm at Ohio State. That doesn't mean I can you know, sit on my hands and kick back. I need to work my ass off still. And I need to make sure that my units are ready to play every single game. That's the difference. Yeah. I think that that, that part is what's most clear, Zach, is that and why the only reason I tie that back to Ryan Day is that he is the ultimate decision maker. I'm not I'm not saying Friday night Ryan Day did a poor job managing the program directly, but we saw what the result was. And I think that it's a culmination and, it, and I'm I'm more tying this back to Michigan. That ga that game had a lot more consequence yeah. to it. And if you look at some of the issues where Ohio State has come up short, the special teams breakdowns have been going on for more than a year. There was no reason in the world to give Parker Fleming a new two-year contract last offseason. Okay, so that's one hard decision, one coaching decision that the bill came due throughout the year. And then what do they have? Four penalties on special teams in, in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I don't know how that uh, is even possible, but I did watch it happen. If you, have, if you don't think that A, Kyle McCord, or B, Devin Brown, which we can set aside a, any kind of permanent evaluation on him. He only got to play one quarter, and he was clearly still injured. But then, you know, I, Brock Glenn looked more prepared to go play for Florida State, even in a blowout, and was able to throw passes down the field in a way that Lincoln Keenholz wasn't apparently prepared to do uh, on Friday night against Missouri. And again, it's true freshman. I'm not expecting him to go out and beat Missouri. That's probably not a reasonable standard. But if you felt like overall, including Kyle McCord from game one to 12, didn't take the steps that you wanted, 
Well, is the quarterback's coach somebody that every other program in the country wants to hire? I don't think so. Um, so you've had multiple years of that going on. If you're tying it to signing day and you have issues closing the deal or building the depth of the defensive line and on the field, there's literally no question. Larry Johnson had those guys ready to go and Jack Sawyer was dominant on Friday night against Missouri. But if they weren't prepared to stop the run in the second half of the Michigan game, which wound up being a lot more important. So if you've had these other retirement conversations with Larry Johnson and that continues, like you can't keep kicking the personnel decisions down the road because eventually this is the situation you find yourself in. And he, Ryan Day can fix all that. It's 2024 tomorrow, new year, new opportunity. Uh, what is that going to look like? Because it's clear that changes have to be made. And that's not just about the Cotton Bowl. That's a buildup of a lot of other issues that we've already been talking about. Well, I, th I think we can both agree there are going to be changes, you know, and I think um, it's something that that maybe this program has been a little reactive instead of proactive. And I think that's probably the biggest downfall that we've seen compared to uh, years past or past past head coaches. Um, yeah, it, it, I think changes are happening. This is kind of one of those instances, I believe, where you might be sitting at the Woody Hayes and I don't think you're at rock bottom, but you finally have hit a point. You're like, changes need to be made. This kind of has the same feel of Clemson 2016. You get beat 31-0, kind of start looking for answers. It's like, oh, he, here we go. You know, I think that was a year where Ed Warner was fired on the plane, right, on the tarmac yeah. by Urban Meyer, right? So, you know, obviously Ryan's not going to go to that extreme, but um, I think that's kind of where this program is at. And so you're going to see some changes being made. You're going to see – uh, definitely, I think a new identity from you know the the coaches that are getting fired and what you're going to see uh, transpire over the offseason into 24. And to be honest, I think this is a time where Ryan Day needs to put his stamp on this program. You know, for so long, I think even though he's been head coach here for what five years, six years, it still has a Urban Meyer feel to it with some of the staff with. Uh, some of the way it operates. I think this is a time where Ryan Day starts starts to finally reevaluate, say, hey, listen, I need to make this program mine. I need to get more of my guys in here. And I know, you know, a guy like Justin Fry is his guy. But a lot of the coaches that we're talking about that I know you've talked about in the past with Larry Johnson, Corey Dennis, Parker Fleming, those are all Urban Meyer guys, right? Those three were, have been on staff since Urban Meyer basically has been here. So, um, yeah, I think this is a time maybe where Brian's like, hey, enough's enough. I need to mold this program the way I want it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is that opportunity. And we make this reminder from time to time that Ryan Day is a first-time head coach. but uh, And so some of the stuff you, you learn on the fly, it is why you don't generally go to Ohio State and that's your first opportunity. We see Marcus Freeman dealing with some of the same things at Notre Dame with coaching turnover and finding identity and putting a new stamp on it. Like it is hard. I, I'm not going to pretend like it's easy, but at the same time, you Ohio state fans, Ohio state alums, Buckeyes, captains like yourself, you're not going to change the standard just to allow for that. At, at some point you're either going to meet it or you're not. And yeah. I don't, I, I would, there's nobody. that except, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with that, but this is where I'm going to argue. Okay. Is that, up until this point, I don't think the standard hasn't been upheld, right? Like we're talking about Ryan Day, who is the winningest 
college football coach of all time from a winning percentage standpoint. And, you know, I don't know what's happened. That was going into the mission game. I don't know if it's yeah. changed since then, right? But that's what we're talking about. How is that not a standard that's being upheld? So for all these people that, you know, want to point the finger at Ryan and bash Ryan and, and bash the program, that's BS. Like, the, the, we, we have not been there yet. Now, are we in a different place now than we were maybe a month ago? Yes, I would agree with that, but I don't think I, I don't think that's a standard. A standard can't be dropped in a month. Now, losing to the team up north three years in a row, something needs to be done. Finishing the year 0-2 for the second year in a row, something needs to be done. But to point put that back on Ryan Day and say his his program is shit and that the standard hasn't been upheld, get out of here with that. Like I see Buckeye fans wanting to complain about that all the time. No way. Right. I think we've gotten to a point now where Ryan Day needs to take it upon himself. Exactly what we've been talking about. This isn't a, 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 a Ryan Day not upholding the standard thing, though. This is Ryan Day now finally saying, hey, listen, what's been done the last two years, especially finishing 0-2 and the way that we finish, unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to pay for that. And it's literally been from position groups not performing that the way they should in these massive games. So guess what? If you don't have the coaches that are get the most out of their guys in these massive games, like you see a Kirby Smart, like you see a Nick Saban, like you see some of those other coaches, now I think it's finally time for him to say, hey, listen, the standard's not being upheld by some of these assistant coaches. Now the writing's on the wall. Now it's time for us to change something because you said it earlier on, and I've been saying it all the time. Ryan Day doesn't control 105 guys in the locker room. Ryan Day isn't controlling what those guys do in meetings on a day-to-day. -day. Ryan Day isn't working with those guys in individual drills every single day. Ryan Day can't clone himself. There are, also, honestly, how many guys, how many people are on the staff? Uh, ten ten, ten well, full-time and then about 50 more beyond that. <laughs> correct, right? So, so in all those guys, so you want to say 50 people, like Ryan, there's 50 people for a reason because that's how many people need to be interacting with guys on a day-to-day -day basis. Ryan Day can't clone himself 50 times and be in all these different areas, especially when he knows like, hey, listen, I have to be the head ball coach of a top five program in the entire United States, right? So it's like all this blame's coming back on Ryan Day and I get it, understand it. But the dude is still the winningest college football coach of all time. The dude has still put out a massively successful team the last five years that he's been here. The dude has went to the, the final four, what, three out of five years? Yeah. Like, I understand he has went to Indy uh, in four years or whatever it is. I understand he's lost a team up north three years in a row. I understand he's went 0-2 the last two years. I get it. I see those facts just as well as everyone else does. But at some point, some point, this falls on the assistant coaches and not Ryan Day, and we're at that point. Those assistant coaches, what you saw Friday night, that was a pure uh, uh, display of assistant coaches not having their position groups ready to play. That was not a play calling issue. It, it, you know, even though you had, uh, you know, who would have known that Devin Brown's going down first quarter? It was not a, a play calling issue. That was not anything uh, schematically that Ryan Day could have done. It was simply people not performing on the offensive side of the football. That is a direct reflection of their position coach and having them ready to play. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we, we've we made that point very clear about what needs to happen heading into 2024. Uh, Zach, did, did Friday night influence your thinking at all about what might need to happen at quarterback for Ohio State? 
Um, I know it's a small sample size, and it's yeah. probably unfair. And I think that that's what makes it more complicated. Yeah, that that's that's what's so hard, right? And I've thought about this a lot. I thought about this a lot after the game, the past you know forty eight hours. Everyone wants to say yes. That should change our opinion. We should go get someone in the portal. But I'd also argue the way Dolphins line blocked Friday night and the inability for the quarterback to set his feet and throw the football and do what he's supposed to do as a quarterback. How do you how do you form that opinion? How do you hold that against the quarterbacks? I was watching, you know, the the uh, um, the grades came out. Right? Was it PFF or what? Whatever. There were 28 dropbacks on Friday night. Quarterbacks had pressure on 14 of them. Pressure on 50% of your of, of your dropbacks. What I mean, what are you supposed to do, right? right. I mean, that's not a – I don't think you can say, hey, quarterbacks, you guys aren't going to be successful at Ohio State based off of what we saw Friday night. I just don't think that's true. So – at this point, I mean, it doesn't change my opinion. I still think Ohio State would be great um, with the group that they have in that quarterback room for next year. But this is what I also will say to Ohio State, right? Any competition is welcome at Ohio State. You're expected to go toe-to-toe with the best dudes in the country to compete for your starting job. So if that means bringing in another veteran quarterback who has some success at the Division One level that's going to bring some competition – I'm all for it. Now, I don't think you promised that guy the starting job like you know a lot of these other transfers are doing, but I think if you're a transfer quarterback and you look at that quarterback room, you see the opportunity to go in there and compete, and I think that's the same thing you tell you know Lincoln. I think that's the same thing uh, that, that you tell Devin is, hey, listen, you're going to go out there and compete. You're going to have every opportunity to, to win the starting job just like whoever is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the way I view it. Yeah, I think that was the most <clears> – <throat> outside of the – the overall 14 to three outcome, like drilling down to that subplot, we all wanted to see what four quarters of Devin Brown was going to look like. I mean, I, that's from the outside. I'm sure for uh, Ryan Day and trying to make his decision as he heads into spring football and everything moving forward, those were really valuable evaluations that, that got away. Now he had the rest of the bowl prep and a lot of work for Devin Brown there. So if he's comfortable with that, um, you know, we'll know what those practices, how he actually viewed them. By whatever decision winds up being made here, uh, Will Howard is is in the transfer portal. I, my understanding would be he's the only one who meets the level of criteria what Ohio State would be looking at. Um, so, you know whether the, whether they go get him or not, that's going to tell us what uh, Ryan Day felt like about from the December and the development from Devin Brown, maybe more so than just that one quarter because that's not enough, and that that wouldn't even be fair to to form an opinion off of that. No, I agree. And, and another thing that I'm just going to touch base on because I see it all the time. It makes me want to go crazy on social media is all the people that are saying Aaron Nolan's going to walk in and be the starting quarterback. Like, don't put that pressure on that kid. Don't have those expectations from that standpoint. It is next to almost impossible for any quarterback to come in as a true freshman and play. So I think every Buckeye fan, I know the coaches, everyone should have the mindset of, hey, listen, this next year Aaron Nolan's learning, right? If he can get in and some games where we're blowing teams out, great. Is he going to be the starter this year? No, right? And so um, people need to get that out of their head that they think, you know, Aaron Nolan's going to come in and be the savior and be uh, the next coming of, you know, C.J. Stroud. 
It doesn't work like that. Don't put the pressure on the kid. Don't have those expectations because everyone's going to be let down if that's what you're thinking going into 24. I can't believe 2024 is here. The uh, season and the whole calendar year. Now a wrap. Uh, Zach, thanks so much for all of the Sunday blitzes throughout it. I wish we'd got to end on a happier one, but guess what? We can resolve for better ones in 2024. So, uh, no, no. Well, the great news is it's New Year's Eve, so we have New Year's resolutions tonight to give, right? That's right. Everybody, yeah. yeah, that's we could just do a three and out of resolutions for Ohio State, but I think we already covered what they need to be yes. uh, on this show. So uh, we thank everybody for joining us throughout the year on the podcast for these Sunday Blitzes. We hope you liked it. I love it when I get to hear from Zach Bourne and get his insight on the Buckeyes. Zach, wish uh, you you all a happy New Year down there. Celebrate it, and we'll see you back in Ohio. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been an awesome year and uh, 2024 is going to be a good one. I just, I have a feeling. All right. On to the next one. For Zach, I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Sunday Blitz on the podcast. We'll talk to you later.